0: We have been, since uh, the beginning of this year, we have been talking about, we have been studying Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 10 to, um, from verse 10 to 18, where Paul the Apostle asks us to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take his stand against the devil's schemes. In the Kingdom's Version, this is the wiles of the devil, same thing, schemes of the devil. No. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Incredible counsel, which is totally, absolutely timeless. Because um, we are in the world, in battle with the devil. He is the ruler of this world. He is the god of this age. And his mission is to destroy the testimony of Christians. Is to destroy Christians. His mission, not just, well, Christians are his... um, we we are the ones who specializes in... Because the people of the world... Don't forget, the world is his territory. The people of the world, the unsaved, the unbelievers... Are already captured by him. That's why they wouldn't believe God. That's why they do not see the need for salvation. That's why they do not see a need for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's because Satan already has blinded them. He's got them captive. So people are, are puffed up with all kinds of empty notions believing they do not need Jesus, they do not need his salvation, they need nothing from Christ Jesus, and as such, they live their lives, uh, you know, walking around in the world as though they didn't need God. And then we have all kinds of false religions that Satan also has established to deceive the people, so people think they're worshipping God anyway, but in their own way, and they don't see anything wrong with that. And so every people choose all kinds of ways to worship, and all kinds of gods they worship, Because within every human being is a desire for worship. Because God created us that way. He created us for his own purposes. And um, he, he gave us of his own breath of life. So that we can be partakers. ...of his divine nature. That's why we can feel. That's why we have emotions. That's why we can worship. We don't see animals doing all those things. We don't see birds doing all those things. But we have all, that, we have all the ability. We are enabled to do a lot more than animals. So we are not related to animals... In, uh, ...contrary to what the scientists think... ...when they talk about their cousins... ...being the baboons... ...and their cousins being the gorillas... ...and their ancestors being the whales... ...and all that palaver. All those things are totally unnecessary because we are created in God's own image for God's own purposes. So there is uh, w- w- there is no similarity between us and the animal world. We are humans and we are created as humans. So God um, puts within us the desire for worship and so people worship all kinds of things but the only true worship of the true God is through the Lord Jesus Christ because we all walked in sin. The Bible says that we are all sinful. We have all fallen into sin. We have all fallen short of the glory of God as human beings. However, when we come to Christ Jesus, our sins are forgiven because we realize a need for forgiveness. We realize the need for, for sanctification we appreciate that we have walked apart and away from our Creator, and we come back to God, in remorse, and the Holy Spirit works in us, and um, we repent of our sins. We're forgiven by Christ, and we belong to Christ Jesus. Now, this is supposed to be the way it is for every human being, but not everyone's going to do it because many people, as I said, are held captive by the devil, and as such, not everyone is going to be saved. God has determined those who He will. Um, bless through Jesus Christ those who will be, who are called to salvation. That is God's sovereign elect and that is His um, prerogative. There's nothing we can do about it. We cannot even say it's unfair because He knows. I mean, it is His choice. He created us. It's His world. It's His heaven that He calls people into. It is his, He gives the, uh, the eternal life in salvation that we shall live. It's all God's prerogative and He can do as He chooses. Which is enough for us to glorify God with our lives. That is what we are here for—to bring God glory. So, anyway, Satan has got, um, is holding the world, the whole world, captive. However, those of those who belong to Jesus Christ, we are the sons of God, and because we are the sons of God, Satan will war against us, and he wars against us in very many ways. And so Paul the Apostle, because they also face the same problems in their time, Paul uh, Paul the Apostle says, put on the full armor of God. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And we've been talking about the schemes of the devil, we've been talking about the wiles of the devil. So far we have talked about temptation, because temptation is very, very grave. It's a very grave danger, and we are all susceptible to it. And we're all surrounded by temptation on a daily basis. Every minute of the day, in our thoughts, in our words, in, in our actions, we are surrounded by temptation in very many forms. And I've been talking about the channels of temptation. Because unless we are aware of the channels of temptation, we will, it will be difficult for us to overcome temptation. If we do not know what the channels of temptation are. And Satan has got three uh, timeless channels that he's always used. Start from the time of Adam and Eve, he, he, he tripped up Adam and Eve with that. And through that, sin came into every human being that's born. And he used the same channels of temptation for our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Now, Adam and Eve fell victim to Satan, but Jesus Christ triumphed. He had victory over Satan. Because Satan went to him with the same channels of temptation and Jesus overcame him. And the fact that our Lord overcame him means that we also can overcome him. And the apostles, all of the apostles had something to say. They all had something to say about it because obviously they were all tempted in the same way. And you and I were going to be tempted in the same way. Everybody has something to say. John gave the counsel. In First John uh, chapter 2, from verse 15 to 17, John said, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and his desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Now that was what uh, that's the counsel that's the uh, counsel of um, John the Apostle. And then in the same way, uh In Colossians chapter 3, Paul also, the Apostle Paul also gave counsel. All of them had something to say about it because it's a very grave danger. And it's a shame because it's a danger that people, many Christians today, professing Christians, seems to have shut their eyes against. In Colossians chapter 3, from verse 1 to 4 there, it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Paul uh, uh, Paul the Apostle says there, Take your mind off the things of the world. And this is the problem people are having. The fact that people cannot detach themselves from the affection of the world. The fact that people cannot give up on the things of the world people have got their affections so set on this world people love the world so much and it is such a tragedy that people are going into what is supposed to be the christian church to make more and more demands for things of the world you cannot be regenerate if you still have a love affair with the world it is not possible the regeneration that occurs in us in the power of the holy through the holy spirit Means that we no longer care for this world. Means that we are now citizens of the kingdom of God, and it means that we understand that we are nothing but aliens in the world. So we do not get involved in the things of the world anymore. We are not concerned about the things of the world. We are in the world. We are passing through in the world to as we uh, to bring glory to God. All our life here is about God and about what is um what He wants us to do. What the Lord wants us how he wants us to live we bring him glory so it's a contradiction in terms when you say you're a born again christian yet every time you pray and all your prayer life whether in church or uh, on your own it consists of nothing but a shopping list before god i need this and i want that and you know irreverent prayers and you, your eyes are so set on everything in the world you don't see. Why you shouldn't have them? Because, because you're a child of God. Unfortunately, these teachings are promoted by, 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 by people who, are supposed to, who claim to be ministers of God. Of course, they're false teachers. Because the whole, the whole issue of the wiles of the devil I've actually broken down into five categories. And one of them is one I've been talking about for a very long time now, which is temptation. And then we've got the spiritual assault. We're going to come to that. Then we've got false teachings. And then we've got attacks on assurance and physical assault. These are all wiles of the devil. These are schemes that Satan has devised through which he's doing his very best to bring the Christians down. And, of course, if you do not believe, automatically, if you do not believe for a start, that you are in a battle, that this life is a battle that this world is a battlefield because you are a Christian. If you do not believe that, to begin with, already you, you, you are defeated. The fact that you think the world is a place where you come and you, to, you are here to enjoy yourself and get on with it and have what everybody is having and own things and collect things and possess things, the fact that you think in that way means you are defeated already. So, uh, Paul gives us that counsel said, look you are supposed you died you died and your life is now hidden with christ at the time that we come to jesus christ we and we're baptized in, in into his name we die with them. they imagine the physical imagine means we're buried with christ when we rise out of the water we are now alive in christ and with christ so we're supposed to have died To the desires of this world. We're supposed to have died to the sinful nature. And now we are alive spiritually. So the lives we live now, we live for God through Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now again, let's see what James also had to say. Because every disciple, all of the disciples had something to say about it, uh, about the love of this world. Because they all knew. There were people, ordinary people like you and I. When the Lord called them for his purposes. So we have here in uh, James, in chapter 4 of James. We take it from verse 1 to 4. James was a brother of our Lord Jesus Christ. And um, he said from verse 1, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So see what he's saying also. That when you have your affections set on things of the world, you've got your affections set on affairs of the world. You want the things that you see. The lust of the eyes. You behold all the beautiful things of the world and you must be a part of it. The lust of the flesh. You consider what is good for you. You, you. You, yourself and you. That's all you think about. I want this. I need that. I must have this. The message of the gospel is not about you. It is about Christ Jesus. And when all of your prayer life and your professed spiritual life is all about you, what you can have, what you can do, what you can get for you, what's good for you what's what's best for you, you need this, you want that, you desire this, you you know you you require that there's a problem there's a problem, that's why James said you don't ask God, okay, but then we have a, an army of Christians who are indeed asking God, they're not just asking, they're commanding things, and they're naming and claiming things. So they've been going beyond asking, actually. They're they're staking their claim to God for materiality. And it says, you're an adulterous people when you live like that. And if you choose, inasmuch as you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of Christ. The other channel of temptation comes into play here also. The pride of life. Who you are. What you can attain. What you can be. Who you, you know, the boastful and arrogant position of men who love to be in positions of honor that's a plague in the church sad very unfortunate but it's a it's a plague in the church we have that you know that sort of situation where it's about what you can have uh, what you can be i must be that i mean this madness is with the titles in the church titles upon titles how many titles do we see the apostles the very fathers and foundation of Christianity. How many titles did they have? They had no titles. They were apostles. That was their job. It wasn't title, and we don't hear them saying, "I Paul, the apostle of Christ," or "the most senior apostle," or "the nothing of the sort," like the foolishness that is indulged in today. No, it, they didn't do that. So, "I Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, an apostle by the calling of by the grace of God." or by the calling of the Lord. Nothing to do. Or Peter, an apostle of Christ. Simple. But no, now, you know, nobody bears their own name anymore. Even in church, so the situation about his sister, this brother, that, I can't stand all that. For goodness sake, my name is Sarah. I wasn't christened sister Sarah, I was christened Sarah. Nor was I christened evangelist Sarah. My name is Sarah. Evangelist is my job. I don't fancy that. Because I don't fancy anyone calling me graphic to Sarah. I don't want... Well, but you know what? This title thing is so insane. In Nigeria, it's so bad that people call themselves engineer this, architect that, look, accountant. Why? It's just mad. The pride of life. Who we are. We've got to hold our, ourselves and hold our heads up high. True Christians do not walk around huffing and puffing about who they are. You know what? Because we know we're nothing. We are ransom children of God, yes. We are co-heirs with Christ. Yes, we are citizens of the heavenly kingdom. Yes, we are princes and princesses of heaven. Yes, we know that. But it is a, it is, uh, these these are positions that within us produce joy and righteousness, and peace, and contentment. We don't strut around the world saying, "I'm a child of the kingdom." Put all the car stickers on your on your car bumper. I'm a child of the kingdom. I'm blessed and highly favored. Who wants to know? Who wants to know? We don't walk around children of true Christians. regenerate Christians and walk around in all arrogance. Because it's a it's a, it's a, very strong area of temptation. Because people just never seem to have enough. I mean, have you seen the titles and some ministers' names? Apostle, Reverend, Doctor, something or the other. And then they put all, all the letters... All, their, all the letters from their educational qualifications at the back of the name, you struggle to find their name out of the long string of, of of words you've got. And they always want more. People always want, it's never good enough, it's never enough. They wouldn't have you call them by their name, they feel it's insulting. Where does all that come from? That's not Christianity. That's not Christianity at all. That's the pride of life. And because of that, people are not happy just to be believers. Everybody wants to be a pastor. That's the problem we have today. So every every roguish person out there, say for the want of a better word, I could get really rude about this, <laughs> because when I consider what's going on, all the charlatans that I hear and listen to and see on television it's the most annoying thing. Everyone is setting their own shop. Because that's all Christianity. Well, well, that's what the church predominantly is nowadays. Nothing but just a the business. They're shops, business centres. Everyone's setting up their own. And their character cannot hold up under the weight of scripture. They keep falling every day into all kinds of evil. Sexual immorality is rampant. Peter talks about it. We're going to come to that actually when we, uh, when we, uh, disc- when we uh, discuss and learn about the. Wilds of the devil concerning false teachers. That's another very expansive uh, topic. And people are so gullible, they will, they will keep following them no matter what. Even when they're caught in the grave vest of sins. Child trafficking, child molestation, sexual perversion, all these things. And people say, oh, no, it's the devil attacking my pastor. He's just going through trials and tribulations. Says who? With whom do they, that kind of trials and tribulations, with whose do they compare in scripture? Because I'm sorry, I'm not saying that ministers of God are perfect people. No, we're not. We too, we sin occasionally. Sin is not a major part of our lives though. It isn't. We will sin occasionally, but not the sort of sins that we is being exposed every day, that people professing ministers of God are being caught in. No, not those kind of sins. I'm sorry. There are grades and there are grades of sins. Not this kind of sins. Sexual perversion. Sexual abuse of of underage children. Of the same sex. Nah, I'm sorry. Some things are totally unacceptable. And the first sign, uh, these are blatant signs when they're caught. It's not as if they, they came out and confessed or anything. It's only when they get caught. Then they start making all their... Spiritual, And I say that in quotes. Oh, there's spiritual speeches about who oh, is the, the devil and blah, blah, blah. And they're going through trial and they're going through tribulation. Rubbish. Only because they've been caught. Do you know how long they've been at it? It's because they're not there. They're not serving Christ. They're there to serve themselves in the first place. They were never called. And it doesn't matter how large a following they've got. Satan's got a very large following. So large followings do not depict the presence of God. Nor the miracles, nor do miracles and signs and wonders, and all sort of imitation, fake miracles, simulated miracles and healings that we see. The Bible wants us of all those things. So the pride of life. It has led into a lot of things. The pride of life makes it to want to have money by all means. pride of life, the lust of the eyes. You look at the world and all these flamboyance and all these beautiful things and you must be a part of it. You must own a part of it. Yes, the channels of temptation of Satan are very strong. People do anything for money. You cannot be a Christian and yet live that kind of life where you'll do anything for money. To the extent of taking the name of, the name of the Lord in vain and setting up a business which you call church. No, you're not called. You stand there mesmerizing people with a lot of nonsense. I mean, so much entertainment going on in church today. Bringing uh, secular comedians. I don't even care that you bring in Christian comedians. All those things are not for the place of worship. We have all sorts of entertainment. Got to keep the people happy. We don't want them bored. Because the happier the people are the more money they will part with. And we got to, we need a crowd. So let's bring the world into the church. Just come in. It doesn't matter. Salvation is free and fair. Do whatever you want. Just say if you want. Jesus is Lord. Off you go. Now bring your shopping list before him. However, Jesus will give you all those things. But he needs to see your financial investment first. That's what it's all about today. That's what it's all about today. And it's a grave tragedy. Because you know what? Hell is very real you people toying with salvation, toying with God, everyone who does so will regret it. Because they're hellbound. And God's judgment is final. There'll be no appeal. And there'll be no excuses. Oh, my pastor never told the truth. Oh, I didn't realize I was in a fake, for a fake church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you've got scripture. Go and read it. Whatever any preacher says, measure it against the written word. Because you know what? None of us can add to or take away from what is written already. There's nothing we can do about that. We cannot add to or take away. And God is not giving any of us any new revelation. Anybody tells you he's got something new that God has just told him, which is not does not measure up to, the, to, to Scripture, discount it. Because he is his own witness. Everything we've got in scripture was witnessed by very many people. Very many servants. Not just one person. All the apostles said the same thing. We've just been going through everything they all said about temptation and the and love and affection for the world. So even if I were to come to you and tell you this this new revelation God's given me. I know it's not in the Bible, but God came to me this morning in the shower and said this and said that. Just turn off your radio when you hear me say such nonsense. But then I know it's never going to happen. Because I live for the truth. I'm called to expound the written word. I'm called to proclaim and teach the written word. So I never go beyond it. Because God does does say, in the final book of Bible, Revelation, we're told, we are warned that whoever takes away from the written word, his name will be taken away from the book of life. And whoever adds to it, unto such a person will be added all the plagues in the book. Now I do not want, I do not desire either of the positions, so um, it's a lot easier for me and for you (laughs) to stay with the written word. And let's not try and sound intelligent and brilliant by bringing in all kinds of idle notions and try and convince people that we have knowledge they don't have. It's foolishness. When we speak to the glory of God, he defends himself. The word of God defends Him itself. We do not have to put up any defense for God. We do not serve a dead God for whom we have to run around and kill other people when they blaspheme against him. God can fight his own corner. So we don't have to attack anybody or kill anybody on behalf of God. Of course, that's not to say that I should shut up about false teachings. My very calling is to defend the the, the gospel. Anyway, so let's see what Peter also has to say in First Peter chapter 1. in uh, From verse 13. Peter also has something to say about uh, the temptations that we face. A love of, uh, you know loss of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, Peter said, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. So you see, Peter again tells us, like, look, take your affection. Don't conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Look, when we lived in ignorance, we thought, like everybody else in the world, we're here to make a name for ourselves. We're here to achieve things for ourselves. We're here to gather and accumulate wealth. The richer we are, the better life is, and all those things. That's the ignorant thinking of the people of the world. Now, we're no longer part of that. Now we have a regenerate mind, and we live for heaven. Even our Lord himself our Lord Himself said to us, Do not store up your treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up your treasure in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. These are the words of our Lord himself. Again, he said to us in Luke 12, from 13 to 15, when somebody came to him and said, uh, but Rabbi, tell my brother to to share the inheritance with me. And Jesus said, who, who, who has appointed me an arbitrator over you? And he issue of the one, and said, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Now, that's how we used to think. That's the life we all lived. That's, that's the life people of the world live. Everybody trampling at each other. To get better than each other. The whole world is living in covetousness and idolatry and greed. I must have more than you. My neighbors bought a Mercedes. I must buy a bigger version of it. My sisters bought a three-bedroom house. I must surpass her by buying a four-bedroom house. All those things... You're competitive at work. You hate your colleagues because they're doing better. Why is that person earning more than me? Why is that person being promoted and I haven't? There's so much evil in the people's minds because of all those things. Bitterness towards anyone who does better than you. That is all of the world for the world. It is not a Christian's life. And if you find that you are still thinking about those things in that way, you're still lost in after these things, after the things of the world in that way. There's a problem. There is a problem then with your Christianity. If indeed you are a Christian, if you say you are a Christian, I mean, anybody can say they're a Christian. I've established that so many times. Anybody can say anything. It doesn't make them one. By their fruit, you should know them. By our fruits, we are known. We're supposed to be a fruit in keeping with the Holy Spirit. part of that fruit, believe me, is not greed. It's definitely not greed. It is not selfish ambition. It is not idolatry. It is not covetousness. It is not jealousy. All these, all those are fruits of the sinful nature from which we as Christians are supposed to have died. And finally, we look again at Ephesians chapter 2 and see again what Paul says about this issue. Ephesians 2, from verse 1 to 5. Um. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. You have been saved by grace. So honor God with your life. I'm going to put to rest the issue of the temptation, the channels of temptation, because next week, I want to peek on another um, aspect of the wiles of the devil. But suffice to say, That you need to detach yourself from the love of all things worldly and begin to set your heart on all things godly.